price we had or launched a couple of years ago. They're now working with over 400,000 consumers, helping them get better deals. They've processed over the past 12 months about 100,000 unique offers to these consumers. Again, partner with hundreds of retailers like Gaffos that sell millions and millions of different product lines. The way that uh, Stephen makes money is he takes anywhere between two and 6% of the sale that he's driving these retailers that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And he also has a legacy SaaS product that continues to do well. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Stephen Culp. He's a business and civic entrepreneur, a former U.S. Navy Reserve officer, U.S. Peace Corps volunteer, Stanford-educated attorney, and NCAA Division I fencer. Stephen is also co-founder of Price Waiter, Delegator, Pro Diligence, Smart Furniture, and Chattanooga Renaissance Funds 1 and 2, along with a nonprofit venture, Causeway and CF Smackdown. Stephen, your plate is full, man. Are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, the plate is full. You're right. Let's add to it. <laughs> Let's talk about Price Waiter since that's the company. So what does the company do and, and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Yeah, so Price Waiter helps uh, save people money by negotiating better deals for them on um, virtually any product anywhere on the web, simply, quickly, privately. Uh, it doesn't yet have every product in its database, but uh, we're adding thousands every day. Uh, revenue model is we take a commission on the sale so the uh, consumer doesn't pay anything. Uh, the retailer pays us, but it's absolutely worth it for them because uh, they have no cost of acquisition whatsoever. Yeah. So, so actually, walking through the case study here. So, I'm, you know, the website. I'm on your website. Let's use the Ray-Ban example. Um, there is a price, the Justin Classic Silver, for 143 bucks. Is is Ray-Ban paying you for a widget to put on their website where people can make an offer? Oh, yeah. So, who, who's paying you? Yeah. So, uh, the retailer who takes the deal, who negotiates the best deal for you as a shopper is the one who pays us. So the way this works now, a quick background, Price Waiter originally started as a pure SaaS product, a widget on a retailer's site. Um, uh, retailers were paying us really to so that they could keep um, comparison shopping from stealing all their customers away. Uh, it was very um, in that phase one. Phase two is something that's um, a little more disruptive, we might say. And that is a little more shopper focused, but also serves retailers. Let me let me explain what that means. So um, if you are a shopper, you're shopping on the web, even including Amazon.com, you find those Ray-Bans you're talking about, you'll see a widget if you have the price waiter browser extension installed. And that's a critical factor. You'll see a, a little banner pop down that says make an offer or name your price. And uh, it'll oftentimes actually even have like a recommended price in there. You just name your price, you click submit. In most cases, we will have uh, almost a real-time uh, negotiation uh, take place. Price order does the hard work. Um, that uh, is negotiated um, between uh, us and uh, a slew of, of pretty heavily vetted retailers that we have that, that sell authentic products, that are certified, authorized retailers. Um, the best, um, and actually, you can have a number of counter offers, but uh, the best offer comes back. You can either accept it or move on. Okay, so let me let me digest this. Um, on the consumer side, anyone listening right now that shops a lot, you'd have to install the Chrome extension, Price Waiter. You currently have, I think, about twenty nine hundred, according to Google, twenty nine hundred people that have installed that thing. If that extension is in your Chrome browser, and I go to, um, I'm going to make this up. I'm going to go to Amazon.com to buy a pair of Ray Bans. Um, I can essentially click that. Will your thing automatically piercing make an offer or I have to click the little mustache in the pink circle to make activate this? Good question. Um, it, uh, if it is a product that we have within our universe of products, 
that we can save you money on, the banner will pop down. If it's not, you won't even know we're there. Okay. Okay. So how, how do you convince consumers to install this unless you can confidently say you're going to be able to use it every time you make an online purchase? We have every product cataloged. Yeah. Um, well, there are different models, different ways to approach this. There are destination sites that, that try to do negotiation. And the flaw of that is, yeah, they have to have every product in their database for it to be a satisfying experience. But uh, we don't because it's a quiet presence in your in your browser and it only appears when there is a relevant product. Um, with that said, if, if you were a consumer who wanted it to be appearing all of the time, I would say just be patient. We're adding um, thousands of, of products every single day. And just to kind of add to a number you cited a second ago with the roughly 3,000 users of the, of the browser extension, that is something we're just now launching, but we have um, about 400,000 users oh, wow. of our prior, uh, our phase one SaaS product. That's great. And um, I, I, sorry, I hate to keep pushing on the use case here, but I want to make sure I really understand it. So if we go down the Ray-Ban deal, can you name a retailer that you have approved that you know carries Ray-Ban products just for the sake of the example? Yeah, let's say uh, Gaffos, for example. Gaffos. Okay, so I go to and um, and describe Gaffos. G A F F O S. Yes. Okay, Gaffos. So I'm here. Um, official set of Ga- order authentic designer sun. Ah, okay. Order authentic designer sunglasses online. Okay, so I'm on Gaffos. I'm clicking the men's. I'm going to Ray Bans. Um, I see a product here that I want to purchase. It is cataloged by your thing. So I'm going to go after the Moto 4500 rectangle eyeglasses. It's listed for 291. What you're saying is, um, that's automatically cataloged. I'll see a pop down that you show, and your pop down will say what. Make an offer. Just make an offer. Yeah. So I'll say $1 because I love free and zero feels like I'm being too cheap. So I'll put $1. Then what? In some cases, you'll see something that'll prompt you and say that's unrealistic. (laughs) In other cases, you'll see a recommended offer kind of in already pre-filled. But we will try to kind of help you through that. But even if you do a dollar offer and there are people who do dollar offers and it doesn't generally get them a dollar. A pair of sunglasses, the, the retailers can counter. Um, so uh, it's a it's really a, a good way to just have retailers and shoppers be able to engage. Let me tell you what is really kind of the most disruptive thing about this. Is that all right? Can I give you um, one other example though to see if I hit it more spot on and then you go? Yeah, sure. So this Moto 4500 rectangle eyeglasses, let's say I saw, it's listed here on Gaffos for 291. Let's say I saw it somewhere else for 230. If mm-hmm. I typed... 229 in here mm-hmm. your architecture probably knows that other cheaper 230 price point and you're going to tell them and is that what you're trying to do is gaffo still wants the sale they know that i know about the cheaper price because i put that in as my bid and you're going to help gaffo somehow try and keep the sale what i'm telling you is that you as a shopper can shop wherever you want for whatever you want and if you find that product on amazon.com or randomsite.com and we carry that in our universe of products, then a little banner will appear that will allow you to make an offer on it. You don't need to worry about anything else. Um, at that point, we, out, we go out there and negotiate with the retail partners that we have and come back to you with the best price, which you can accept or, or move on with. Why not just say the best price though to start? That's where I'm confused. Why does the consumer have to guess what to offer first? Um, there, there, there are a lot of reasons. Um, and as I say, for one, for one thing we do, kind of recommend a price if a consumer doesn't like the game of negotiating. You'd be really surprised how many do like oh, I can it. Ima- I can imagine. 
it's a it's a virtual sport and there's a ton of psychology and just kind of getting getting the win um but for or say from a retailer's perspective from a seller's perspective um in the world of the internet which is the most efficient market in history right uh, there is the risk of just a with comparison shopping sites and whatnot a side-by-side race to the bottom on prices. So retailers don't want to just say, hey, go straight to my best price. Um, what is interesting about this, among other things, for a seller is there is some nuance in the discounting um, that they have total control over versus, let's just say, a, a Black Friday sale or a clearance page where they're generally just guessing a discount level that then applies to all um, all of the products they're selling for that level. And they're probably leaving margin on the table. So we're allowing negotiation, which is, and this is important, as old as trade. Yeah. Negotiation's been happening forever. We're going to have much sort of simpler, quicker, private fashion. And that private aspect of it is really important. And I'd be happy to talk to you about why. Tell me first how you make money. Yeah, so we make a commission on every sale that goes through PriceWaiter. That money comes from uh, the retailers who are not paying otherwise any acquisition costs whatsoever. Okay, that would be Gaffos or Ray-Ban? That, uh, that would be whoever sells the product to the shopper. So in your example, it would be Gaffos if Gaffos provided the best deal to that shopper. Okay, so I could be on Gaffos and you sell me this pair of glasses through your widget from sunglasses.com. In that case, sunglasses.com would be getting paid and you'd be taking your commission from them. Yeah, so think about, um, think about this uh, to some extent as a playing field leveler. Uh, I, I come from an e-commerce background, uh, started a furniture company like you mentioned. Uh, that company is Smart Furniture. They are uh, incredibly scrappy. They have um, almost all the brands that are that are uh, sought after by by a certain uh, segment of the market, and they provide excellent customer service. They face Wayfair as competition, for example. Wayfair has a billion dollar marketing budget. Wayfair may not have some of those benefits uh, that Smart Furniture offers. What this does is allow Smart, smart Furniture the opportunity to earn that business leveling the playing field, basically making it, making it a merit-based uh, exercise. All right, a lot of you guys are like me and we're always looking for new tools, especially software tools to use in our business to drive growth, any kind of growth. And you always wonder, well, is this tool something I can trust? And that's where online reviews come in. This is where I use Captera.com. And the reason that I use Captera is it's really the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solutions for my business. You know, we're now using Monday.com, we're using Asana for some stuff, we're using Hotjar. And with over 850,000 reviews of products from real software users. You know, Captera helps you discover everything you need to make an informed decision. So they have over 700 specific categories of software ranging from project management to email marketing, etc. No matter what kind of software you guys need, what I need, Captera makes it easy for you to discover the right solution fast. In order to get started, visit captera.com top for free today to find the tools that make an informed decision for your business. That's captera.com top. Captera, that's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash top. Captera, software selection simplified.
don't you have to give me a specific year, but generally, I mean, are we talking one percent or ten percent? What general commission are you typically taking? Somewhere in between there, yeah. Okay. Um, but almost in every case, it's going to be better than what they would have paid had they paid for ads or been some sort of affiliate arrangement or whatever. So. Okay. Can you narrow that any bit more? Could we say between like two and six percent? Is that fair? I won't push harder. Okay. I promise I won't, I won't go any further two to 6%. Okay, good. (laughs) Um, and is that your only, it sounds like you've pivoted a few times. So is any revenue coming in via a SaaS model still, or no, it's all commission based. Yeah, absolutely. And this wasn't a pivot. This was a planned for for sort of phase two. Okay. Uh, Phase one taught us a ton about, um, really, really phase one started with almost any kind of call to action on a product page. It turns out negotiation one by far. That's what people liked to do, liked to engage with. And interestingly enough, it turned out that the revenue that retailers were earning through this SaaS product, they themselves classified as accretive or incremental revenue, meaning not cannibalizing their existing sales on top of their existing sales. That is a surprise to us. And it was a surprise to us because we came in assuming there'll be some level of cannibalization. Like, why would you not negotiate on a product right there? you know, in the card or on the product page, if you, if you couldn't. So, so who is this even, I don't understand who was paying, was, is Ga- was Gaffos paying a monthly fee for the SaaS platform or the consumers were paying a SaaS fee? In the phase one version of, of price waiter, the retailer was paying a monthly fee plus a commission. Oh, I see. And, and now, so are they still paying a, a, a flat fee as well and a commission or no? They're just paying a commission. So this is, very much an easier sale to a to a retailer. So uh, the phase one product, the SaaS product, as you know, uh, requires some level of coding. Oftentimes it was just clicking a, a button because we are in you know the Shopify, big commerce app stores. Um, but uh, for others, it might have been a little more complex. And we actually had to take a little bit of real estate on their site. Um, as for price waiter, for this phase two, we call price waiter market. All they have to do is say, yes, I would love a crack at my competitors' customers. Here's a product feed, ta-da. And um, they, you know, they give us some more information uh, around what types of discounts they're comfortable with. But again, to your earlier point, we don't go straight to the bottom. Um, we, we try to help find uh, the best deal for both. Yeah. Sides. You're trying to, you're trying to, you know, Steve Bezos always says, you know, your margin is my lunch. You're trying to say, okay, we'll, we'll try and help you save a little margin with an, some smart negotiation here and some psychology. Yeah. This, this may sound cliched and like quixotic and, and whatever naive. We really are trying to help both sides of a transaction. We just are trying to um, foster more and better transactions uh, across the web and ultimately beyond. And so far, that is what has played out because the consumer saves money. The retailer gets a sale they wouldn't have had before, most of the time at a discount less than they would have been willing to offer. And then in a sort of more obscure case, the manufacturers some of whom are, you know, obsessive about minimum advertised pricing, MAP policies, uh, they get to benefit from an additional sale that um, is private. And that even if it's a discounted rate, that's not, you know, published across the web. And there's, so there's no brand, um, you know, uh, undermining there for them. So it, we, we come to this, I would say, from a sort of respect, respectfully disruptive standpoint, because we have been 
shoppers. We have been retailers. We've actually been a manufacturer. Um, I've started companies that do all those things. So we understand the dynamics there and we want to serve all of those parties as well. And can you give me a sense? So you mentioned some kind of scale number. So we get a sense of that. You said 400,000 kind of total users. How many retails or, or does that matter? Can, do you need Gaffos' buy-in to do this or can you just go scrape the data and do it anyway? We, we want their buy-in. Okay. And, so how many um, of them do you have? Hundreds. Hun- okay, hundreds. Got and, it. And really, ultimately, it comes down to product coverage. And that's, what's, that's what we're looking for to your earlier We want a shopper to, to be able to see that, that drop down, say, hey, make an offer on this product more and more often. You were talking to me within weeks of the launch of this product. So um, as I say, we are adding products. Like what you see behind me is, is likely people adding um, retailers yep. as we speak so that that experience is better and better. That's great. And over the past 12 months, how many kind of accepted offers have gone through the platform? You put some numbers on the website, but I just wanted to confirm with you. Yeah, like um, past 12 months, the tens of thousands of orders have, have gone through. Okay. Can you quantify so, that though? You quantify some on your website in terms of the actual 6 million in savings, 300 million in offers. How many of the 300 million offers were actually accepted? Oh, okay. So, um, there were, we've had about a hundred thousand, uh, orders go through the total revenue amount there. Um, is in the hundreds of millions, I believe. Let me think about that. Yeah, I'm, I may need to get back to you on that one. That's okay. Is is it above 100 million or close? Let's say it's close. It's really close. Okay, cool. And the reason, I, what I'm actually trying to do is kind of get kind of average order size, right? So 100,000 and 100 million. So it's like on average $10 or sorry, $100 kind of price products, something like that. Yeah, it kind of goes across the whole uh, gamut. You would be really surprised. We, on any given day, we'll have uh, people negotiate on, you know, uh, engagement rings for you know, like $12,000 engagement rings or literally $2 watch batteries. And that's where the psychology of this comes in. You look at that and you say, why? Why would they do that? Well, here's why. They like the win. They like the sport. No, they I like get it. The- I totally, I yeah. totally get it. It makes sense to me. And then Steven, look, you, you mentioned two to 6% earlier. If you're pushing a hundred million bucks, that's basically 2 million bucks right there. You'll, you'll break 2 million in revenue this year. Um, we'll see about that. I hope so. Okay. It, it, how much I'm curious, the SaaS product revenue, how high did you grow that to until you said, okay, we're just going to move to pure commission based. Uh, we grew it high enough to where we could sustain our business, um, well enough to move to phase two. Is I it can't. churning out though? Is it still going? Like if Gaffos was paying you a SaaS fee and now they're mm-hmm. like, wait, I saw you just updated. You're only doing commission with new partners. We only want to pay commission now too. I met, is a SaaS revenue churning? So f- phase one still exists. So the SaaS product still exists and is still uh, a, a good product for a retailer to have on their site. And in fact, if they have the SaaS product, we give them certain benefits and priorities um, for the uh, uh, browser extension based product. So, so we still have a base of a growing base of retailers using the price waiter SaaS product and the, the business case is still there. Everybody's still happy with it just as a, you know, relatively fast growing, smaller company. Our priority right now, as you're speaking to me is on this newer product because we think it can grow faster and serve consumers at scale. What uh, bootstrap today or have you raised capital? Uh, we've raised capital. How much? Couple million. Okay, couple million. And then team size, what are you at today? Um, team between 10 and 20. 20. And, and where's everyone based? We are based in Chattanooga, Tennessee and in Washington State. 
Oh, okay. Good. Oh, I love that. Uh, and okay. So you said between 10 and 20 employees, but between those two, <laughs> that's right. Why, why the two low? So you're in Chattanooga. What's in Washington? Talented team that we've known for a long time that likes to live in Washington. The co-founder up there or no? Uh, yes. Ah, okay. That's why. Yeah. Very good. All right. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Probably zero to one. That's a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Musk. <laughs> Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Mm, gosh. What do you use for like sprint planning, product roadmap? Yeah, Asana. Okay. And, and then what's funny about that, we used to hate it. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Asana. And uh, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? <laughs> That's a more complicated question, man. I've got three toddlers at Holy home. Holy so. mackerel. Yeah, it could be anywhere from one hour to six and a half. Jeez. Okay. And uh, okay, so married, three kids. Yeah. And how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am uh, approaching a half a century. <laughs> 50 years young. All right, last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? I wish my 20 year old self knew that it would be important to have some sort of consistent thread from um, throughout my career path. I've been more someone who would jump at things that I was curious at or I thought might be difficult challenges. And while that's entertaining, it's not uh, the most efficient path. Guys, have a consistent, if you can, thread through your career. Price Waiter launched a couple of years ago. They're now working with over 400,000 consumers, helping them get better deals. They've processed over the past 12 months about 100,000 unique offers to these consumers. Again, partner with hundreds of retailers like Gaffos that sell millions and millions of different product lines. The way that uh, Stephen makes money is he takes anywhere between 2 and 6% of the sale that he's driving these retailers that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. And he also has a legacy SaaS product that continues to do well. Stephen, thanks for taking us to the top. All right. Thank you. Good talking with you.